In the Steven Spielberg movie, E.T., why is the alien brown? No reason. In Love Story, why did the two characters fall madly in love with each other? No reason. In Oliver Stone's JFK, why is the president suddenly assassinated by some stranger? No reason. In the excellent Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper, why don't we ever see the characters go to the bathroom or wash their hands like people do in real life? Absolutely no reason. Worse, in The Pianist by Polanski, how come this guy has to hide and live like a bum when he plays the piano so well? Once again, the answer is no reason. I could go on for hours with more examples. The list is endless. You probably never gave it a thought, but all great films, without exception, contain an important element of no reason. And you know why? Because life itself is filled with no reason. Why can't we see the air all around us? No reason. Why are we always thinking? No reason. Why do some people love sausages and other people hate sausages? No fucking reason. Come on, don't waste your time explaining that garbage. Let's go. Just a minute, let me finish. Ladies, gentlemen, the film you are about to see today is an homage to the no reason, that most powerful element of style. I'm Mike Erdenbeck. I'm Alex Forley. And these are our Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Erdenbeck. That's Alex Gorley. This is Soberless Thoughts. And uh, we want, we tonight, we have the honor and privilege of introducing a new sponsor to the podcast. It's called Bob Bubba Bellamy's Bourbon Bath Bombs. <laughs> If you, that's right, Bob Bubba Bellamy's bourbon bath bombs. If you've, if you've got the burning desire for the botanical benefits of bourbon on your body, then look no further than Bob Bubba Bellamy's bourbon bath bombs. And just for a limited time, you can use code SOBERLESS at checkout. For 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when using Soberless at checkout. Just go to bbbbbb.com. That's right. For your needs, go to bbbbbbb.com. And bbbbbbb.com stands for Bob Bubba Bellamy's Bourbon Bath Bombs. That's bbbbbb.com. And now, back to the regularly scheduled program. All right. So tonight we are doing an episode on the notorious Nostradamus. Is he notorious? <laughs> is he infamous yeah. or is he just famous? Yeah. 
We'll get He's into the original. That. We'll get notorious. into notorious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, we got to have a special guest on with us when we're going to uh, be talking about something historically inaccurate, and that is uh, our our uh, resident uh, master, our resident scholar of the ancient literacies. Um, the Cardinal Miguel Rimer. Konnichiwa. Blessings <laughs> to both of you. I'm happy to be here in this new year. Yeah. Yes. And, and I are. got a new mic, man. I'm feeling good about it. Yes. <clears throat> it looks fantastic. You guys can't see it. It's glowing in the back. It's got like a LED display. That's how they sold it to me. They said they got LED, LED light in the back. I said sold. Yeah. The Fine front of mic. it does look like the head of a penis. And well, that was the second selling point. That was I figured, yeah. <laughs> as all good mics do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it looks like a good Twitch uh, streamer mic, where you had that little bit of glow. As you I'll tell you what trash. I use it for after the podcast is over. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, headlines in the news lately about things stuck in orifices. Uh, so we'll, we might get into that later. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what if if Nostradamus was, uh, into that kind of kinkiness. Um, but tonight, cause it is the new year, we are going to be drinking champagne and, uh, that I put the pain in champagne because I can't stand the champagne. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm kind of surprised you decided to go through, like i was like we don't have to you're like let's do it i'm like all right cool uh i don't mind it it's it's bubbly hey, it's nice the things that i do for the podcast man yeah this is for you all this is for the viewers yeah this is this is for the listeners who like yeah. to get their ear holes pleasured by our podcast goodness <laughs> yeah uh weirdly enough me and him got the same damn champagne yeah. um th- that, that got, was not uh that was not predestined yeah well i, I was just kind of like yeah champagne just dealer's choice whatever you like because there's so many varieties um we both got corbell extra dry california champagne but can it be really champagne if it's made in california i don't think so but sure let's call it that um so this right here uh, I've got a little bit of stats for you. Uh, it is a non-vintage blend. The composition is Chenet Blanc, Chardonnay, French, Colombard, uh, Pinot Noir. I actually have the acidity and pH of it. Uh, it is three point, or I'm sorry, seven point three grams per liter, three point two two. So it's a little acidic, and then it is twelve percent alcohol, and the dosage is one point. Five percent, whatever that means. Um, and if you'd like a nice description of our champagne this evening, Corbell Extra Dry is a fresh, off-brand California champagne that is light, uh, <laughs> luxurious, and always uh, crowd favorite. It features delightful flavors of bright citrus, vanilla, and spice. That is the last thing I thought this was going to say was citrus, vanilla, and spice. Um, well, yeah, enjoy it is luxurious. <laughs> enjoy with double and triple cream cheese, dried fruit, pate, spicy Asian cuisine. Not mm-hmm. orange juice? Yeah. No, <laughs> no champagne out there is ever going to be like, you should mix our stuff with orange juice unless it's like 
look, we found a bunch of wine and we carbonated it. You need to mix it with orange juice. Now, how I found this, how I found this bottle of Corbell, because as you said, when you go to the liquor store, there's a variety. And, uh, oh, God. <sighs> Damn it. What? I just got a text that said, look behind you. And I look behind me, and it's the fucking doll. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, that's just going to ruin my whole night now. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Because I'd hit it in the, in the other end of the room, and she must have found yeah. it. Anyways, stuck it over there. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> how I, uh, so how I, uh, I just feel your eyes on the back of my head now. So uh, how I, how I found. Uh, this this uh <laughs> this champagne Whew. okay snap back out all right he's rattling man Alan, no you gotta take over now <laughs> yeah i know i'm like dude are you all right do you need to have a moment with the doll and throw it out the window or something i just need to i just need to <coughs> put it in the i just need to put it in the bathroom and close the door <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I feel I actually feel much better now. Uh, all right. So, uh how I came about this champagne as I was saying. Uh there's a, a lot there's a variety of the champagne at the liquor store. And I went to the guy who owns the liquor the actual owner of the liquor store and I said, "Hey man, I need a bottle of champagne for tonight for the podcast." And uh, he, I've already gave him the podcast card. So actually, he has a he has a uh, a uh, magnet in his beer cave. Actually, <laughs> nice. Any, anyways, I was like, I need a bottle of champagne for the podcast tonight. And he's like, Well, do you want it to be expensive or cheap? And I said, Preferably not expensive but i don't want it to taste like shit either and he said okay yeah. and then he's like boom that one right there and he picked this one so we will see if it tastes like shit to me or not because i am not a fan of champagne so <laughs> that that being said let's taste these cheers have a bottle right. i'm gonna here you go here's a sound effect for you I didn't even hear it. <laughs> this is the quietest yeah. champagne bottle in history. Yeah. It looks good. You guys look good. Det tog en stund innan någon sa något där han mumlade något om Nostradamus Han menade på att han hade en manus som en framtid som drabbade alla av oss Vi frågade mannen vem fan han var 
Vi fick en allvarlig blick till svar Han suckade mitt i ett andetag I denna ställe säger jag på en stol och sa Tänk att få gå på en festival Och få sitta i gräset med vänner i hav Utan människor som alla ler mot varandra Och känner att just nu så finns inget annat Ni ska vara glada att ni får samlas För snart kommer hela fucking världen att stanna Ta vara på tiden ni har tillsammans Och så knöt han sin hand Så försvann han Han viftade med någon fucking Sakta glömde vi vad mannen sagt Men kanske borde vi ha fattat att det var fakt Att det fakt att det var en sexmatch Jag stuntade i det Skattade mig genom livet Saffade mig genom den bakta tiden När jag fortsatte ta det för givet Hur ska man kunna tro Och en gammal man ska man bo För oss så var det bara dumma hon Dödade dim ikväll för någon idiot Men plötsligt stod han där igen Och viftade med den där jävla kalendern Han hade sorgen i ögonen När han började tala om fotbollen så kunde man guida något Genom visdom och genom erfarenhet Men när jag liksom sajda har svaren på frågor Som du aldrig tänkt på Då dissar du det? Hur ska du kunna leva på jorden När du bara blundar för allting som sker? Du ska få se vad jag menar med ensamhet Sen fattar aldrig mer It's definitely better than that uh, Bloody Mary stuff you guys made me drink. <laughs> hey, that was that that was the last time I went to a liquor store and I was like, what's good? And he's like, buddy, let me tell you, my friend. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is that I, no. It it uh my mom loved it though. Uh she actually went out and bought more of it, but she couldn't find that brand, found another one, and she tried that one. And I tried that. And let me tell you, if you thought that one was bad, this second one she got, holy crap. Like, that was, like, smooth. The other one I had, I mean, it was like, I don't know if they if they just put ghost peppers in it or they just soak it in the tomato juice. But it was, like, one of the hottest Bloody Marys I've ever had where I'm like the outside of my mouth is on fire. My mom was like watering it down. Like, all right, I like spicy, but this is stupid. Yeah. That sounds ridiculous, dude. Yeah. I'm like, who drinks that? Right. And like right before you go to bed. Mm. <laughs> no, I'd have to eat a whole fucking tube of Tums. Yeah. My gird would be flaring up. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, we still got to do a, uh, from the fat man um oh what was it oh my god i went blank on the the johnny carson since we all have issues with this kind of thing mm. it's a shot of whiskey and a uh, alka-seltzer dropped in it <laughs> i could go for that yeah, me too, because I have stomach issues as well. So I'm like, eh, so fucking great to me. 
<laughs> I found the more you drink, the less you feel it that day, though. So I don't know what that's about. But the next day, though, that's when it'll get you. But I don't know that. Uh, oh yeah, that, that tomato juice stuff, man. I felt it immediately. It was not good. Yeah, you were like about to start throwing up over the side of my deck. It was it crazy. Up. Jesus. It was All right. Flashbacks. So uh, tonight we're talking about Nostradamus. Nostradamus, who uh, uh, his actual name is Michel de Nostradamus. Yes, uh, Michel. Um, which I just realized once I said that uh, the giant trainer that's in Dodgeball is named Michelle as well. Yeah, let's go, Michelle. Uh, so this is the French. Yeah, Michelle. So he's Michel French. Made- so he's French. Yeah, we're getting there. Oh, I had a burp. <laughs> All these uh, suds. So, Michel de Nostradamus. All right, let's start there. It's so just born, Nostradamus. Born 1503 in San Remy Province, France. France. He is one of four boys. Uh, ironically, Nostradamus, or Nostradamus is not his, their original name. No. Uh, he actually, because you think like Nostradamus, you think... French, Italian, maybe uh, Catholic. His family was actually Jewish, uh, right. starting off, and his original name was Gessenai. I think that's what it was. I actually, instead of writing it out, I wrote how it's supposed to sound. I've changed my tactics for the podcast. Just yeah, so you that's know. that's excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're learning. It's a uh, it's a learning <laughs> learning progress. Um, but yeah, uh, because at the time, the Inquisition uh, was going crazy, and on especially on Jewish families making Jewish uh, boys get baptized, or I guess everybody get baptized. Uh, so his, their grandfather changed their name to sound uh, more Catholic and more French. So Nostradamus it was. Um, but they did convert their religion, though. Yeah, but to Catholicism. Uh, but Nostradamus had a lot of resentment towards the Catholic church because of that. Um, he loved those Catholics. Are you kidding me? But so Are here's you the kidding thing. me. He loved the so, Catholics. He wrote a letter yes. to the Pope saying, Hey, I am a good with you. man." <laughs> I mean, maybe a little. <laughs> he that was a much better accent. I got to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he did. He really did, though. He really did, though. Write a letter to the Pope, to the Pope himself, saying well, there's another saying nothing that I say in my prophecies is anti-Catholicism. He did that for his own safety, though, or because he was like the number one Catholic guy. No, it's because he plagiarized everything from the Book of Revelation, dude. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll get there. Um, so Spoilers. Just, yeah. Uh, so starting out, so we'll talk about him as a kid. So yes, they did convert to Catholicism, but not really. Um, he, uh, as a young boy, he supposedly had visions, had nightmares of things he couldn't explain and all this kind of stuff like this. One of his grandfathers, which I'm not even going to try to say his name, uh, it's like Jean Le Cou or something like that. Um, he recognized it basically got Nostradamus to <laughs> stay at his house 
and basically started teaching him, you know, all the stuff you would teach uh, the cabal and stuff like that for like Jewish families. But you said this that was is his where uncle? He, his grandfather, oh, his the grandfather. other grandfather oh. on um, the, on the non-Jewish side. No, the, on the Jewish side. Oh, on the Jewish side. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he's so teaching them. Well, because his mom, because his mom, because his dad's side was Jewish side. His mom's side was Gentile, was Gentile yeah. of the French. Uh-huh. And they were all very hooty tooty like that. <laughs> was his grandpa like a mystic? Like a mist- in the mystic? You said he was in Kabbalah? Yeah. I, basically, I was getting there. So he started teaching them kind of like the mystics part of the Jewish religion. Uh, this is where he got into like celestial sciences, astronomy, like all that kind of stuff. Ta- even there's people that say he was even taught certain magic spells, incantations, depending on who you talk to. Uh, but this is where he started to kind of dip his toes in the water of, like I said, celestial science. Everybody um, goes, loves a good celestial mystery. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that and I thought of you all immediately. I was just like, Oh, look at there. Which, which house at Hogwarts do you think he was in? Hufflepuff. Are we going with Hufflepuff? He, he's, I'm going to say Ravenclaw. I'll give you Ravenclaw. Yeah. Okay. We're saying, we're saying Michelle was a Ravenclaw. Okay. Yeah. Michael's like, you two nerds. <laughs> I knew what you were talking about. For you all to, yeah. He was like, I wasn't meaning for you all to answer that. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man. Ravenclaw, because they're smarter and they have better attributes in this household. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad I brought it up because I'm the one who hasn't watched a single fucking show of <laughs> Harry Potter. But whatever. But anyways, uh, side news. Uh, you know they put the uh, whatever 25 anniversary Harry Potter on HBO. Uh, I saw someone Snapchat or Instagram story goes. I just watched that and cried. I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. <laughs> Jesus. I was like. <laughs> Get a life, nerd. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy crap. Come on. I mean, I know they're good, but damn. I, some people live the life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ooh. All right. Did you guys um, ever see anybody put? Sorry. No, you're did good. You guys, Go ahead. Did you see anybody? You know, they got a Quidditch league, like a league oh. of people that run around and play Quidditch. Where do they find the flying brooms? Dude, I, the black market, man. <clears throat> black market brooms. <laughs> Actually, it's the saddest thing you'll ever see. They run around like you did as a kid and stuck a broom between your crotch and act like you're riding a horse, but you're riding a flying broom. Because newsflash, in the past 10 years, whenever that came out, there were college leagues of Quidditches. I didn't know that. And I remember seeing them like, holy, this is a whole new level of uh, live action role playing. Like, this is all that is. Yeah. What's worse, LARPing with like uh, like swords like you're in medieval times or Quidditch? The Quidditch, Quidditch 100% it's got to be the Quidditch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Sorry for breaking up your podcast. I'm stopping. Up. No, you're good because uh, I got to just prove my point real quick. The medieval guys, they know how to wield a weapon. That's right. Because some of them are actually kind of badass. Because they like they they work on their form, dude. There was a guy that lived right by us in the old apartment. Every Saturday morning, he would walk out in chainmail and have that one flap that just like you you had stuck your head through the hole and it just covered the front and the back with like a a, a lion on a shield. Yeah. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, he would work out at this park with other people working on their skill level and. 
like they're like covered in sweat head to toe and they're like going to town. And I was yeah. like, that's a level of dedication right there. Like, I don't, I don't know guys. Have you seen those beaters in Quidditch? They're pretty rough. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Yeah. They get in there. They can mix it up. I mean, that's true. They look, they definitely look like Bobby's from or whatever they called the policeman back in the day that only have the freaking <laughs> sticks that beat the shit up people. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus. But no Shredamas, yeah. We're, that's where we're going. No Shredamas <laughs> was a beater. Yeah. <laughs> no Shredamas did not play Quidditch. No. But he, he thought was, about it. He, he was an American it. football kind of guy. Yeah. What are the stats? What are the stats on No Shredamas as far as like height, weight? Well, uh, what the tail of the tape, man. Yeah, yeah we yeah. need that tail of the tape, dude. Yeah, no, I, I have no idea. That's what the, did what did he run um, a forty in? <laughs> um, do you want it with or without the rope? Because that's a lot of weight. <laughs> Naked. Yeah, yeah. I think he was more of a I'm going to read books kind of guy. Uh, he was a book nerd. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because uh, oh, because the swing swinging back into this thing real quick. I'm about to stop drinking the champagne. Um, They, uh, so he went to school uh, as all boys did back then for the most part. Uh, He actually excelled very well at the age of 19. He actually went to a university of Avignon, uh, France, where he studied medicine, Mm. became a medical doctor. That's Uh, false information. You're lying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry just had to jump in there uh because all right i'm fact checking you as you go. <laughs> but no no he he did not actually finish uh, medical school at that college what happened was a plague broke out while he was attending university there and they all had to leave college before he had the chance of graduating and he never did finish his degree oh all right so michel de nostradame was never a doctor. Officially. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you think you could be a doctor back then? Because all it was was leeches and bloodletting. Um, well, Sawing people's legs off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, he was quite renowned at his time uh, for helping people out by not mm-hmm. bloodletting. That is correct. And people gave him shit for it. Like, like you're not bloodletting. And he said, mm-hmm. no, I, I do not blood that. Instead, I give him a vitamin with some vitamin C in it. And everybody says, oh, I feel better now. I say, hey, go out in the sunlight. And I go out in the sunlight and I feel much better. <laughs> so, yeah. So he went to medical school. I guess he didn't graduate. Um, even in medical school, though, he uh, people spied on him because he was doing so well. Uh, and he seemed to have like a knack for it. And uh, there was even people arguing that if he didn't do any uh, predictions, that he would have been like one of the great healers of the 16th century. There was actually people saying that uh, some of the basic things that he was doing that other people weren't doing was him. Like, how would he know that he was like ahead of his time? And it was because he was working with the devil. So a lot of people talk shit, as you said, on him. Yeah. Um, they said he was working with the devil. Is that what they said? Yeah, some of them that they, they thought it's because he was doing things that weren't really 
done, uh, such as like hygiene was a big thing for him. Like when he left school and started going to different towns, every patient he had, he'd try to make sure they had fresh water that was clean. He would make uh, all the corpses from the Black Plague basically like get rid of them. Like as soon as it comes to town, like get rid of all this shit in the streets, go bury it, set it on fire or whatever. Uh, he would actually take baths before and after he would see patients, which is a big thing. That's actually why he never got the plague. Um, and he'd also try to also get his patients to also stay clean by bathing them. Um, one of his ahead of time things was he started making his own pills, which back then there was no pharmacy. There's no study of it. So doctors made their own chemicals, which fun fact, uh, doctors back in the day, the first thing you learned to being a doctor is astrology because for some reason, that's how they diagnose people. They basically go, you know, what was the date you were born? What's the geographic location? Um, you know, that's how we're going to figure out what's wrong with you. Like everything was behind that. Even making their chemicals that they used to like cure them, they would have to go do certain things at different parts of the moon cycle dates. They would make different things happen because they thought it wouldn't work unless they did that. Um his big thing, though, was his rose peel recipe. It was essentially a rose lodging. Um, it wasn't going to cure the Black Plague, but it, I guess it helped. Uh, funny enough, I have the recipe for it. Uh, it is. We get if you want to make Hold this on. crap at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll need it. Uh, first of all, you need three to 400 red roses plucked before dawn. Done. You need a ground... You basically need to ground it up and mix it with sawdust from the greenest cypress sawdust. Got it. Our cypress tree. Yep. Uh, you need the iris of Florence. I have three right here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, cloves. Uh, calamus root. Hold on. Three or lig- four leaf cloves. <laughs> yeah. Good question. No cloves, not clovers. Oh. Like four leaf clover and cloves are different. Cloves oh. are like. Th- like the cigarettes? No. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah. It says right here. You need parliament menthol. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, was it like, if you ever eat like country ham, they'll stick cloves in the side of it and it has like a licorice kind of taste. Oh, let me call okay. my cousin in, in, uh, in 10th grade. Let me see if he can hook me up with something. Yeah. Weirdly enough, the roses, which he also would use the rose hips. So this is where he was above his time. Uh, rose hips actually have, I just went blank. I didn't write it down because I figured I'd remember it anyway. There's vitamin C in it. There's a specific acid that comes from plants that actually what we use for vitamin C. So he was actually giving people vitamin C, which is good to help infection, Uh, you know, and it was helping some people feel better, but, you know, not with the Black Plague, but other things it would help cure. So it's one of those things that like people always question, like where he learned to do that. Like, did he look into the future and see the uh, the pharmaceutical way to make certain things and somehow implement it in his own uh, medical practices? And that's what made him such a better doctor than or, you know, uh, healer than anyone else at the current time. Because, uh, like I said before, most other doctors were bloodletting. Uh, they'd even do stuff like take thick leather robes and soak them in garlic Um because for some reason that was going to help. And they used a lot of potions that involved like mercury. I know what happened. So like, actually, I know what happened. Yeah. I saw, I saw this and, uh, 
and one of the books that I was reading, um, Hitler actually went back in time in the Nazi bell uh-huh. and found him in France. And he was asking Hitler about these types of things. And he gave him the ingredients of how to make all these different uh, drugs. And then he came back in the time uh, Hitler did. And uh, that's why there's at least a dozen different prophecies by Nostradamus that specifically name Hitler. So, so Nostradamus was the only Jew that Hitler helped. Uh, he loved him because he wasn't Jewish. He, he had, he had, he had, uh, two generations if, before he had turned if, Catholic. If his mother's Jewish, man, his mom's not Jewish. His mom wasn't Jewish. It was his dad. It was his dad's side of the family. That was Jewish. Ah, okay. And it was his grandpa on his dad's side that had converted into Catholicism. So have he you guys this- seen the picture of the monks over in China that are sitting with all those Nazis? Did you see that picture? Yeah, man. Did you really? Yeah, they loved each other. They were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one the they one, were in search for all that knowledge, dude. Yeah, the one and what monk I'm saying was is- giving this SS agent guy a noogie. <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but no, it's yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I see, did you see the picture? You saw I saw the nuggie. I didn't yeah. see the nuggie. Yeah, you got to look closer. It's on they the left told hand him side. about Agatha, dude. Yeah. Agatha, the underground world. Uh, the reason I brought that up is you were talking about Kabbalah or whatever. Like, uh, friggin', the, they were in search of knowledge, dude. They didn't care where it came from. They didn't care if it was Jewish knowledge. They just wanted the knowledge as Nazis. So maybe he was buddies with Nostradamus for that. This is a weird argument that Hitler <laughs> went back in time to help Nostradamus, who was a former Jew. I don't know. This, this got real weird. Uh, <laughs> All I'm saying uh, is Agatha's real. <clears throat> what? Right. Alex, here's a fun here's a fun fact before we continue on, because like right. we're talking about this this time period of Nostradamus. Uh, he did try to go back to medical school. Did you have that? His, he tried to go back and then uh, they found out that he was studying or he was uh, basically making a living as an apothecary. Do you know what that is? An, apoth- an apothecary was like basically like a pharmacist back then. Yeah. And, and uh, that's and that's how he was making his living. And he tried and back then, like doctors in the medical field were very against apothecaries like you were you were forbidden to go to medical school if you practiced apothecary so uh so when the he actually signed up and like paid his tuition in full up front and everything else to go back to medical school and the day like the first day of class they found out somehow that this is what he was doing for a living and they like struck him from the books like there's actual like people have the original documents where they have like a big fat line through his name in the books. Like, no, you cannot go to school. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But anyways, apothecary. Uh, like I said, it's like a pharmacy. It's like a pharmacist from back back like in an the alchemist. Day. Uh, no, just like basically a pharmacist who like yeah. they would they would uh, like he, like how you were saying he was making his own pills and stuff. Basically, what he was was an ancient drug dealer. He was an ancient drug dealer. He created his own drugs to make people feel good and would sell them on the street. 
Perry Stone would say he had a Formacchia Prince spirit, if you yeah, know what he was, that means. He was an entrepreneur for sure. Basically, all yeah. I'm saying is Nostradamus is a drug dealer. That's what I'm saying. That was, that was my whole I point. Mean, yeah. And I he, mean, and he I, got I, kicked I, out of college for it. Yeah. <laughs> they, most successful people are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, let's all see. my favorite rappers. <laughs> Uh, you guys think it's weird that snoop dog like 20 years ago was like out west like chilling with the homies and now he's cooking with martha stewart i just that blows my mind man i mean i can see it it's it's like ice cube being on ride along and ride along too they they go from one lifestyle to another i mean it's also like when they were younger you know people gotta grow up on the way yeah but martha stewart i mean i don't know dude he's hitting it hey are you kidding me yeah, you're probably you're probably right. He's you're tapping right. that. Man. Yeah, she learned a lot in jail. She yeah. learned a lot in jail. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. What two people don't go better together than a guy that smokes weed all the time and a lady that cooks? Like yeah, you think she's that is true. That is true. But do you think she smokes too? Surely. Come oh on. yeah, you, you know, know she does. Dog you know she, yeah. And you know she's like baking it into her into her <laughs> cookies and shit. You know she you know. makes the best brownies, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. She's talking shit to him. Like, this is going to knock you on your ass, Snoop. And he's like, yeah. shit. Yeah, all, <laughs> like, his, all his fucking posse, he'll show up and he's like, I got the Martha good goods. <laughs> They're like, shit. Like, we're going to get fucked up tonight. It pulls out some of that homemade wine they make in toilets. <laughs> you ever seen any? <laughs> uh, Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus. Snoop. Jordamus. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so basically all I've got for the most part is he kind of did the doc thing uh, for a while, healing, being a healer uh, until around the age 80, age 80, age 30. Um, he, uh, his, there was a play that actually hit his hometown. They actually took his kids and family away from him and he couldn't save them. Uh, so that was a little bit of uh, irony there. Uh, that his own knowledge in the medicines couldn't help him or save him at all. Um, so that was definitely a a pivotal point in his life where he kind of went into a different direction. Uh, because there's a, a whole people, conspiracy behind that too. Did you know? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. Ouch, dude. So his he's got a wife and two kids, mm-hmm. and he, like you said never died from the plague although he was around it constantly okay mm-hmm. and he had, so he's got this new wife he's got these two kids a lot of people well i won't say a lot of people but there's a select few people who believe that he found the lady who would then be his second wife and heir to and uh mother to his six kids that he had with his second wife met her while he was still with the first wife and was like in a lustful bound for her and and like purposely got his wife his current wife and kids into the plague and like or even killed them and just said it was the plague but ha- somehow like off them or like invited somebody over to the house who he knew had the plague and he didn't come some shit like that. They die of the plague and almost like within less than a year, he's married to this other woman. Yeah. 
I did not know that. I knew he had a second wife, but I didn't know it was that close. Um, because uh, they, the thing I read that made it seem like after his first wife died, he went essentially wandering through Europe for like a long time. And this is where he had his spiritual awakening uh, because he was so fraught with grief where he was like, no, he, he was just, banging out that other chick who was with him the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess she could have went with him. Uh, yeah. Uh, that would make sense. Especially if you're trying not to get caught, you're like, I'm going to go travel. Yeah. They, went on, a, they went on a walkabout throughout Europe. Together. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about this. So I've got to say something. There was a parallel that I even looked at my wife and told her this. Now, before you said what you said about him, not technically being Jewish, like the thing I was reading made it seem like he was, and then they basically had to pretend like they weren't kind of thing. So it was one of those weird things that when I was going through this, it made it seem like there was a weird parallel almost to um, like, I don't I hate the, Jesus. I don't know. Uh, it was like, you got two guys that are Jewish. Uh, they both are prophets. Uh, they both don't have families anymore. Uh, they both go wandering out into the desert or out wherever to get their spiritual awakening and talk to God and, the devil, whoever you got to talk to, and then they come back and all of a sudden they have all these prophecies. I just had to bring that up because it was one of those things that I saw. I was like, that's a weird parallel between the two. And I know you all mentioned like the book of Revelations, that kind of thing. But yeah, that was just one of those things that as I was reading this or reading one of them that I was talking and kind of like that, I was like, all right, well, that's kind of a weird. I just came back from the bathroom, but are, are you comparing Nostradamus to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? <laughs> I said there was a parallel uh, in one of the things I was reading at the time where they were they they mentioned it as he was Jewish. So I was like, all right, well, they're both Jewish. Uh, they both uh, had family or they both didn't really have families because no storms lost his at the time. This is what I got up to. Uh, and then at one point, they both go wandering where Nostradamus went wandering through Europe. And obviously, you know, Jesus went out in the desert to go talk to the Lord, fight talk to the devil, fight him, all that stuff, come back and become the prophet because both kind of had a spiritual waking away from humanity and they came back and had it. You better watch it, buddy. That's all I got to say to you. you better watch you know, it's it. It's funny. My wife said the same thing and I was like, look, I'm just saying there's a parallel. I'm not saying he is. I'm I just got a saying, parallel for you. You're yeah, about right. ready to go to someplace uh, you don't want to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do like the vision of Jesus in the desert battling Satan with a sword just ah! And they're like yeah, yeah. fighting. That hasn't happened yet, Mike. Come on. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I like you the visual. You want to know the craziest thing? I like the sight of it. <laughs> He's going to kill people with sword, a sword that comes out of his mouth. That's what my Bible said. Comes out of his mouth. But then can he hand it? Then can he handle it like with his hands? But does he have to keep it in his mouth and use his tongue to swish it? I know. I think it's going to be just it be like. Dude, you're dead. You're fired. Boom. Uh, also, like my, just be my words. friend Donald Trump. You're fired. So yeah, just man, be words. Done, dude. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. 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 That's all symbolism. Yeah. Dude, you ought to know you oh, yeah. studied Nostradamus. Nosferactu. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about Nosferactu this episode. Yes. Okay. <laughs> which which also, we have to watch that movie. That was another thing that needed to be on Hard Sider Cinema. Nosferactu? Uh, Nosferatu. That was one of the ones we brought up because I transferred that over. But anyway. No, that's mm. a good parallel. I like that parallel. No, I just yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Well, good. yeah, but he did get um, married again and had six yeah, kids. But he did afterwards. get married. Yeah, yeah. 
and then live to be, you know, 64. Oh, really? Or I didn't think he had any more kids. They were all her kids. No, no. Well, Tom he, Hanks? He had, no, he had, th- he had six kids with the second wife. Tom Hanks thinks that Mary Magdalene and Jesus got married. Sinners? <clears throat> what are you talking about? They didn't? That's what they think. Yeah, they think that. And they think at the Last Supper, that picture, there's like a secret lady standing there. And it was Mary Magdalene. <clears throat> and then he was Jesus's wife. That's what Tom Hanks says. What do you think? She was just a prostitute? Yeah, I think she was just a prostitute that was just like friends with the, you know, just friends with him. And yeah, they travel with, friends with we can, prostitutes. We can, I can talk about this all night. Keep, was, continue. Was I'm Jesus sorry. celibate? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Of course. He was a he was yeah, a rabbi. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but here I don't want to eh, I'll talk about it after the podcast. I don't want to <laughs> I got some weird thoughts, but go ahead. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, where were we? Uh so anyway. <laughs> you said you said Nostradamus uh, was Jesus. Now continue. <laughs> <laughs> I said there was a parallel. Oh, okay. <laughs> um yeah, he's not spitting swords out of his mouth. Um <laughs> We have the Cardinal right, uh, on the podcast today, and you're comparing Nostradamus to Jesus. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, during his wanderlust years through Europe with his newly acquired wife, apparently, they were in Italy. Here's a fun little one. Uh, he came across a bunch of monks, Italian monks. Uh, it was 1885. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I can't read. 1585. That would be crazy if it was 18. That's what happened in the 1800s. He transported, wiped out the human population, came back anyway. I um, think uh, Hitler was born in 1885. <clears throat> I think I heard that. Oh, for real? <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. It sounds, yeah. right. it sounds good. He, he was born on March 11th. I know that. The Ides Beware of the Ides of March. Who said that? Yeah. Was yep. that Nostradamus? No. no, that was Caesar, wasn't it? Or no. Uh, that's that Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. To Caesar, I kn- right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It's Mike Tyson. Beware the Ides of March. Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got to say this. I think Mike Tyson could have beat up anybody. <laughs> and I just heard something the other day where he offered this zookeeper like thousands and thousands of dollars to let him go in the cage and fight a gorilla. Yeah, and they, w- they wouldn't let him do it. Yep. So see, hey, fact check that, baby. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> wouldn't let him do it. That's what Mike Tyson called his fists, the Ides of March. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that gorilla would have tore Mike Tyson up. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Even if it was oh, the yeah. weakest gorilla, it's still oh, like yeah. 10 Mike Tysons. <laughs> yeah, but does it have the skill? But does it have the footwork? Come on. Uh, it yeah. doesn't need footwork. It's just going <laughs> to grab him right in the face, rip his face yeah. off, dude. It just <laughs> grabs the fist and just. Yeah. just you can't. It's got it. boxing Shoes gloves on, on it. They put boxing gloves on the grill. Yeah. Did you hear about that lady where that chimpanzee, they were like friends for her whole life, and then it, got, it just got mad one day and just ripped her face off and ate it? Did you ever yeah. hear about that lady? You, oh, yeah. Are you talking about the lady that used to give it Pinot Noir and give it like Xanax and stuff? That lady? Yeah. Yeah. What a psychopath. She like treated it like a roommate or a best friend or a husband. And it it sounds like misery chimp edition. Dude, Dude, this like this thing was like it had a beer belly, man. It like she was feeding it steaks every day and like giving it Pinot Noir. And what happened was one of her friends came over and chimps don't understand like right and wrong. They understand balance and equality kind of thing. And what happened was 
she offered her friend a glass of wine and something else and didn't give any to the chimp and he got mad <laughs> and ripped her fucking face off. <laughs> Seems like a little bit of overreaction, right? But well, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, there's no like right or wrong. They're like, what? I she didn't give me. She was being unfair. Yeah, so that's right. She should have offered it face, to the dude. chimp first. Yeah, <laughs> the man of the house. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, judging from that story, he truly might have been, dude. <laughs> the the uh, Pinot Noir yeah. probably was just wasn't the only thing. No. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've never seen a, a chimpanzee wear a wife beater with a mustard stain on it before. <laughs> 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 We've all seen cops, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw that episode. Yeah, I saw I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh god. Let's talk about uh no <laughs> wife beater and Ostradamus. No <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um All right. So uh yeah, so when he was gallivating through uh Italy, he ran into some uh monks, some Italian monks, and he uh went to his knees in front of one of them. Because uh, he said he had to, he must kneel in front of the holiness of the Pope, is what he told the friar. And the, fra- the friar was uh, Falacini Paraliti, and he became Pope Six the Fifth, which I know sounds weird. Pope Six the Fifth? Yeah. And it was eight, fuck, 1585. I don't know why I keep saying eight. Uh, 1585 when he did that. Oh, so man. that was like right during his spiritual awakening. Uh, when he did that and that guy ended up being actually become Pope. Um, they think that during this gallivant through Europe, he also went, he went to Greece, Turkey and Egypt. And he actually also tapped back into like the mystic school, the ancient divination schools and actually got a bunch of ancient long lost literature during this time and brought it back with him to France. Um, From the library is, of Alexandra. Yeah. Um, and would that, started, would that have been around Sorry, would that have been around? No, no okay. No, sorry. That was Go our, I was gonna say that would have already been destroyed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, but you never know. Maybe he found remnants of it. Because, uh, well, fun fact: later on, he actually says that he has all these books of ancient past that were long since forgotten. And you know what he did with them all? He fucking threw them in the fire. On the day he stopped doing predictions, he took all these ancient ancient texts because he was afraid of what would happen if they got out into the world and. Poof, throw them in the fire. That's not why, but we'll we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> uh, the fact that he can divinate means that he had no choice in it. So if yeah. you can tell the future, that means that there is no choice. Everything's predestined. So he had no choice. He had to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, do it. I'll, then I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on if, you know, time is fluid or constant. Mm. If you could predict the future, if you have the ability to predict events that are going to happen in the future, that means the future is fixed and that it can't be changed. If you can predict yeah. it, right? Like you, otherwise it would be an educated guess. And maybe that's what he's saying. Maybe he's saying, maybe Nostradamus is saying like, that's why he's not a prophet because he's yeah. just taking guesses, you know, but if you can predict the future, if there's any future predictions, that are true and you can continually and consistently do it, then that means the fu- that means the future is fixed and we're yeah. predestined to live out our fate. <laughs> maybe he's a prolific plagiarist. That could be. 
I mean, basically, what's that movie, The Beatle, that where the guy falls asleep or something and wakes up and everybody forgot the band, all the Beatles songs? It's called Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. called Yesterday. It, yeah. And uh, this is basically that. what Nostradamus is doing, dude. Right. He just forgot. Everybody yeah. forgot all the literature that used to be around. He just yeah. breaks it out and starts repeating it. And they yeah, think he's a genius. Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a concept album by the My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Is that what Tom uh, DeLong? Tom DeLong? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, or history repeats itself. It's like, eh, this is going to happen again. Why not? Yeah. Um, Can I say one more thing while I'm thinking of it? Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I looked up a few things too. Um, and you just said that history repeats itself. What what I saw from the Nostradamus. Oh, God, Mike. <laughs> Mike. He's done. He's done. The doll got him. Jesus. The Good Lord. Got him. <laughs> My, champagne. His drink. My champagne went down <laughs> the wrong throat. Um, so it seemed like though Nostradamus, when he was talking about stuff, he would say, uh, like, even if he could, and even if he took that stuff from history, this concept of history repeating itself, right? Like I was looking up and I don't know if we'll get to it or not. I want to just throw that out here. I was looking up different, uh, different things of predictions for 2022 that were Nostradamus or whatever. Right. Yeah. And all these people are there now, mind you, they don't quote Nostradamus's whatever quatrains at all. They just say, this is what he said. Right. And so it doesn't matter if Nostradamus said it or not, they're creating this expectation or they're creating this uh, by vote. So I guess this is what I'm saying by vocalizing it. Are we creating this myth mythos, whatever, are we creating our reality Are is mm. us thinking about it and talking about it and, you know, writing it down. And it's kind of like the walking dead, right? Like everybody and something, everybody knew something was going to happen whenever The Walking Dead came out. Everybody was expecting it. Everybody felt it. Everybody kind of knew something was up. And then all of a sudden you had COVID happen, you know, right? Like it's this concept of like, are we as a, you know, as a collective or is there, is there something that we're producing by, are we manufacturing all this stuff by talking about it and believing it? And, you know, and I think that maybe, or maybe we all can sense the future in some, in, in some sense. And then, and so we're vocalizing it, you know, and I think it's a little bit of this with Nostradamus. I think like maybe he had a sense of, you know, can he predict the future? Maybe, or maybe he was just really good at putting the pieces together about what, you know, the future would hold, right? Like, or he wrote this stuff. And so generations start reading it because it is vague. And then they start talking about, oh, this looks like this in today's society. And are they manufacturing all that by talking about it? I know I'm talking in circles. Let you all go, but hopefully that made sense. No, it did, did totally. No, no, no. We Alex, following. did you write down history repeats itself in your notes? No. That's the very first thing that I wrote in my notes about Nostradamus is history repeats itself. That's, yeah, that's like the main, that is the main uh, thesis of his predictions. Mm-hmm. Is he is he would go into because we haven't even got into his his all predictions at all yeah 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 so he gets back from his wanderlust vacation uh he comes back and this is actually starts making his almanacs and what he would do to figure out his predictions is he would take a brass bowl fill it with water put a tripod over it um and then some people say he looked into it and others said he actually took a wand or a tree branch and then would run it across the water to see the vibrations and in his own words 
it would be it's this right here uh the wand in the hand is placed in the middle of the leg of the tripod and sprinkled both the hem of the robe and his foot with water a voice fear he trembles in his robes divine splendor the gods sit down beside him nostradamus 1555 dude you sound like you legit think that he's a faith healer i was going to ask you this but i want to cut you off you sound like you actually think that he might have been like a healer guy i don't mean like i mean like a doctor healer not like a okay but but like he definitely uh you know he had a sense of like thinking that to heal the body you got to heal the soul Mm -hmm. he definitely had a faith healer mentality um but I just like, you know, I, I don't know if you know this about me. But so like my whole family are like nurses and doctors and yada, yada, yada. Really? So like mm-hmm. medical jargon, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a wonder I didn't go into the medical field. Honestly, it, mm-hmm. I just, I'm good with math. Uh, I'm not so mm-hmm. good with all that other stuff. I, I couldn't like Human remember. Feces. So what? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was joking. I said human feces. Yeah, no to do that stuff <laughs> right. actually that's the that's the funny thing so like my wife's like why didn't you go because you're like you're not bothered about blood guts okay. nothing i'm like yeah it smells i don't care um, <laughs> yeah. honestly the thing that feared me the most was the long-winded words for certain things because mm-hmm. i'm not the best english student in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but anyway that's i mean uh, it makes sense <laughs> yeah but like so we like even tonight i was telling my mom about everything i was talking about and uh we got into the discussion, even with, uh, oh, God, there was another time we were talking about, there was a doctor in one of our past episodes that was ridiculed because he would give birth, or he wouldn't give birth, but he would uh, help with the birthing. He mm. would wash his hands between birthing, and it actually cut down on uh, infection with the mother and the child, and his mm. survival rate skyrocketed. And he was ridiculed so much for mm. it that they actually sent him to a nut house hmm. because of it. That's insane. And it, I can't. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was early on medical profession. It was like during, I want to say the Civil War ish hmm. era. And it was just like simple things that you would, that are like common sense now that, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, I, so stuff like that always spur, like sparks my interest when it comes to the sciences yeah. and the fact that he would take a bath before and after the plague i'm like that makes sense like he's cleansing himself not to you know also he has access to chemicals and everything else because he was uh god what i had him down here what did what did uh michael call him because i or michael my bad dude yeah mike <laughs> you're good um, I, yeah. Was, I, I was looking at you and i said <laughs> michael no no the other guy oh shit that's yeah. mike too um <laughs> Cause I had him down literally as everything I've heard described a healer, a doctor, an astronomer, an alchemist, uh-huh. a prophet, and a wizard, um, a wizard. Yeah, he kind of does somebody. sound like Merlin or something though. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> Hey, what if he, what if, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if, uh, he's the Merlin of King Arthur past? I mean, it's in Europe. He didn't dick around in Europe or in Britain anymore. came over to France, hotter chicks, you know, the shave the legs, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I dude, I don't it would have been around the same time period, right? Or maybe a little before. A little before, know. but it would have been like, you know, if Merlin was a wizard and he couldn't die, why not just 
Well, honestly, yeah, dude. Oh, now we're now you're getting some extra content here. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, I will say this. They talk about like um all these people and stuff. I don't know. Obviously, I don't believe in it, but I it's just fun to talk about. But like um of course. Yeah, like all these celebrities and stuff, and but not just celebrities, like all these people that are just filthy rich, like uh like the Medici family or whatever. And, and you know, you don't hear that name anymore, but like that that wealth went somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that was like huge. And so I don't know. All I'm saying is they talk about like uh if you look back and see the pictures of like famous celebrities and stuff of their supposed family members and they look just like them, it's just like I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. I uh I know we're gonna from, I know we we're gonna get to this, but one of the weird because like all right, diving into this. Mm-hmm. I got like like I, like I said before the podcast. I got so many interpretations, and I wanted his words, and that's what drove me crazy about researching this. What were you, was it like the old school the king stuff, or was it like modern? How's it getting translated? Well, yeah, that's the other part of it. Um, it's you know because like I've even read that uh, part of which we're gonna get to, but whatever. I'll read play it for mike but uh you know he wrote all this stuff down in french uh greek latin and then he also used anagrams (laughs) and and he basically said uh i'm gonna write this with a veil that any intelligent person could decode but the problem is it's an intelligent person in the 1500s not Mm -hmm. today you know Mm -hmm. uh we've actually had a like a uh, my buddy James Colby that was on here, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, like a literature major. I can't think of the mm-hmm. correct term, but he like he could speak old English oh, and wow. like like, oh, because like that's what he kind of studied kind of thing. And he could do like mm-hmm. the different, you know, there's different dialects as the years change. Well, you got to think yeah. like that's also going to be for Greek and Latin and French and everything mm-hmm. else like yeah. that vernacular is going to change those little tidbits that we don't you know take for granted because mm-hmm. like if me and you went back 200 years we probably or not even eh, maybe longer than that but like if we went back like 400 years we probably couldn't understand someone or even <laughs> further that than that yeah like That's it's insane. just well i mean think about it this way if you have you ever heard like some of the 1920s and they say like some kind of weird slang that we don't know or have yeah. any reference for that just fell out. I mean, it's like that, but yeah. it's more all encompassed. Com- oh my God. I can't say it. Encompassing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so it's, it's one of those things. So there's going to be a little bit of like removal of like, you got to put your mind in that set. So I feel like there is going to be a little bit of, variation of the interpretation but that's what drove me crazy is everybody's interpretation because <laughs> i'm like okay i i want to create my own interpretation that's what i'm trying right, to do right, right now right yeah it's called uh you want to do so when i went to bible school they talked about have you ever heard of exegesis and eisegesis uh-huh. okay so eisegesis is what most people do like that's how you get uh hitler uh, and all these bad guys quoting Bible verses and justifying their call cause with it. And the same dude will do it all the time now. Like Joel Steen, all these guys, like they all do the same yeah. thing. Like, uh, you know, it's basically what it is. It's, it's like, and it doesn't have to be the Bible. It can be anything. 
historically, reading it in the context of your reality right now. Um, and, yeah. and, and, but what you try to do, like a scholar would do, is exegesis, where you would put yourself in the reading it as if you were somebody in that time period and, you yeah. know, all the history and stuff presented and all that stuff. And I think that that's part of it. I'm going to tell you this because I know we're not going to get to it, but have you heard of, I found this out. Have you heard of Baba Vanga? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's this blind lady. <laughs> it's this blind lady. Evidently, she had some predictions of from 2022 too. Uh, she said there's another pandemic that's on its way. Uh, it will be discovered in Siberia with a frozen virus will be released by climate change. Baba Vanga said that. And then the, the old Moore's Almanac. There's another one, dude. It's not just Nostradamus. Oh, yeah. I don't I, If you say something long enough and vague enough, dude, you can just make it anything. Well, the fact that he did, uh, this is the part where, like, he did 100. So, you know, we've talked about the Quantrains on here, and I'll reintroduce, mm-hmm. <laughs> reiterate mm-hmm. for Mike when he gets back. But, you know, mm-hmm. he did, you know, it's four lines is one Quantrain. He did mm-hmm. a thousand of them, <laughs> and he separated them into 10 centuries. So, like, and so far from what I've heard that people that are like real hardcore Nostradamus heads, uh, mm-hmm. they, I get either half has came true, quote unquote, or two thirds have came true. And I'm like mm-hmm. 50% mm-hmm. with enough, like it's almost like fortune cookie. Like you could be like mm-hmm. trouble will be in your future, but you will find resolve. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then like you go, you leave like tomorrow, you have a flat tire, but then you get a tow truck. You're like, oh shit, that guy was fucking right. (laughs) Legit. I mean, dude, I was reading some of it. It's the, like the biggest thing, like the most vague thing. It's like, well, of course you make it anything you want. Uh, Yeah. But I I was going to ask you something, uh, what you thought about something. I just forgot. Um, We were just talking about it. I don't know. But I, do you, do you think that do you think that people can see the future and stuff? Not just future, but do you think you can uh, get a glimpse of like um, I don't know anything like because there's been times in my life where I you know take the my religious side out of it like because my dad yeah. talks about it too and he's not religious at all uh, and I just like the Indians and all these guys like you hear stories and you've had and I'm sure you have because everybody things happen in their life where you're like, that was more than a coincidence. Like something weird is going on. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know, maybe you haven't, but like, I've had things where it's like, like my wife, for instance, she'll have dreams about stuff, dude. Uh, and yeah. they're not like Christian dreams or anything like that, but it's like, she'll just have random dreams and all of a sudden something will happen so much so that her brother, like anytime she has a dream and tells her brother, he like freaks out. Um, but yeah. she said some weird stuff. And I just think, you know, and I don't know if it's just, you're really good at, perceiving stuff you know what i mean like you can not just like reading the writings on the wall um yeah. but the, she said some weird stuff that's just like there's more to it than just that though you know i don't yeah. know and I, I wonder if it's this um you know, kind of like extra sensory perception or whatever like i don't know what do you think about all that though? do you do you buy any of it i all right so it's funny you said so like i'm a i'm a skeptic at heart always but mm-hmm. i always um but i'm i'm a little bit on the um like a i'm trying to think of the best way like i'm I'm just things that are 
like that. I'm always a little bit skeptic at first, mm-hmm. but I, in my own personal experience, like I always used to joke around and I, I honestly, I just like saying this, but I always say like, if you have deja vu, that's letting you know your life's on the right track. Mm-hmm. Like it meaning like you saw that and then it happened. So you're like, cool. I didn't deviate from whatever perception right. you're at. Uh, Cause I felt like I've been one of those people where I've had like weird dreams and then have that deja vu later. And I'm like, well, why? And I'm like, well, it just means I'm where I need to be kind of right. thing. Right. And, you know, when I, and also when I meant earlier that the, like history repeats itself, I meant like, what if time is reciprocal where it's oh. like, that's what I actually was meaning by that. Not like, but reflect that out. What do you mean by that? What do you stand? Cause I like, so like going with this. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what if, I mean, it's, I hate to refer this to like a fucking cartoon, but like, it's almost <laughs> like, uh, there was the episode of Futurama where they get in a time machine, but they can only go forward. Uh-huh. So they go forward and everything happened. And then they, they see literally the end of all things and there's mm-hmm. a void. And then the big bang happens and they keep going. And then they end up finding the, the exact point where they left. Uh-huh. But it was in after the the next time had existed, uh-huh. and it, it's one of those things. It's like, it, but at the same time, it all, I also start to think like, what if all things are happening at the same time it's currently happening now? Where if you could perceive time, it's not so much of like I've got to look into the past. It's more like. I just need to open a doorway into an existence that is currently happening at this point in time Mm -hmm. and kind of look into it, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's it's me being kind of more of like a science fiction nerd of Uh, like trying to, I don't think so. Yeah. Kind of like trying to perceive time in a certain way. Um, What was that book about the, the, the pilot or whatever? And he's in World War II. Gosh darn it, man! Dude, I, I'm terrible when I start drinking. Um, no, <laughs> Catch twenty two. Catch twenty two. Yeah, right. Catch yeah. twenty two. You ever read that? It's kind of that deal. It's kind of the yeah. same thing. Um, so I was going to say this too. Uh, I love that concept. But the weird thing about time is this: Do you know? Have you heard of the atomic thing? So I was watching this. Um, it was like a legit scientist on one of those channels or whatever. Um, but if you see atomic clock. And you moved it closer to a mass, like a closer to a like a mountain. He was talking about I was at West someplace. He was talking about a mountain. Time slows down. Oh yeah, you yeah. Pull it away. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Right. So time it's, is something uh, that can be measured. Yeah. Like not by a clock. You know what I mean? Like it's not just yeah. a human measurement. It's a. It's a. It's something. You know. Yeah. And, the, and it, so the thing is, it, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's the thing where time, if you. Um, if you take a watch and you're at sea level and you go up in the mountains and you have a watch at in their time, the exact same, when you bring them back together after let's say a year, they're going to be off. Hmm. And that was the time versus space argument mm-hmm. of like, we're like, um, I forget what it was. It's because it's because you're further away from the center point so time moves more slowly. And then when you get closer to the center point, it moves more quickly, meaning the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what you're talking about. That's funny. You brought that up. It was one of these weird things. I saw one of the arguments against flat earthers. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. It was, hmm. it was one of those things that, uh, 
I can't remember whatever I was watching. They were talking about it. It was like some kind of group had like an atomic clock and they did that experiment mm-hmm. and they brought it back together. And they're like, well, shit, uh, how do we explain? Yeah. This? Cause on a flat plane. Yeah. On a flat plane, it wouldn't make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. I never thought about that, but no, yeah. like, I was thinking about it. Like the way you described it though, I'll have to go back and look because if time is not linear, but if time is linear, then if you were above time, like with Nostradamus, like so somebody was like, how can you predict the future or whatever? Well, if time's linear, like I'm on a flat plane, a two-dimensional plane, then I can only see what's right there, right? But if I'm above right. it, then I can see forward, back, and I'm above it, you know, so I can predict everything that's going to happen. So if yeah. you had a piece where he's divinating all this stuff from a third party that's above, outside of the realm of time, if he's a third-dimensional being in a two-dimensional world, then that's how you yeah. would be able to do all that stuff. Nostradix predict me coming back? Well, here I am baby. Gary the Goose, ready to pound that hot 16th century, plague riddled, big beautiful posterior ear. And nothing gets me more in the mood. The music from Mr. Golden Voice himself, the robot that is Lex Freeman. So enjoy this hot track, and those sexy stinky boys will be back next week. With part two of Nostradamus, Damus, 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 Damus. My granddad was a soldier on the front in '41. The bullets took his brothers, but his stubborn luck held on. The sky was filled with fire Millions lost in flames Hate and love were all there And the world never the same Some days will sink in sadness And the weight of them too tough Don't lose yourself to madness The way out is love New York towers crumble We were all New Yorkers too For a moment all just human Not the same old red or blue And the wicked go on scheming For the power and the pain But the heart that longs for freedom Is a fire they'll never tame Some days will sink in sadness The weight of them too tough Don't lose yourself to madness The way out is love The virus took our comfort That was never ours to own When the enemy is inside us 
together but alone This life is so damn fragile A leaf caught by the wind But every breath that's tragic Ignites a hope within Some days will sink in sadness The weight of them too tough Don't lose yourself to madness The way out is love